Another episode of the Crispy Cast. I'm your co-host here, Christopher Bernard, and today we're going to be talking about Nick Fury. Also here with me, co-star. Oh goodness! Already, I'm barely prepared. I am Nicholas Joseph, Jody Cameron, agent of Spield. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, I guess, welcoming ourselves back. We've had a little uh, break apart. You know, things happen, and uh, life goes on. But anyway, we thought we'd come back with the secret invasion going on with Nick Fury. Give the people what they want. And by people, I mean me. <laughs> thought we'd kick things off with a little bit of Nicholas J. Fury. Uh, most of us know he was a white man turned black. <laughs> he was originally uh, David Hasselhoff. Uh, but then uh, with a little cosmetic, he reversed Michael Jackson. <laughs> Have you seen the David Hasselhoff movie? <laughs> Him as Nick Fury? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's not great. But we don't hassle the Hoff. I think that he was pretty good casting to, uh, based on the original Nick Fury and his Howling Commandos. Like, he he looked the part. But, uh, you know what, until, what is it, the ultimate Nick Fury, where they modeled him after Samuel L. Jackson? I mean, that's that's our that's our Nick Fury of today. Well, actually, they modeled him, uh, they modeled Nick Fury after as uh, Samuel L. Jackson before he even got the part. Uh, I think it was six years before he ever hit the screen as Nick Fury. They had chose to make a very close similarity between the characters. That's right. So they, they kind of rebooted him as a character in the early 2000s. But 2008 was the first time he, he shows up in a post credit scene. Was that? Iron Man 1. Iron Man 1. And he's like, who the heck are you? And he's like, I'm your worst nightmare. He's like, y'all know me. I'm uh, it's a Samuel Jackson. <laughs> I'm building a team. All the mother truckers. <laughs> People just call me Fury. That's my secret. Well, he does have a few secrets, doesn't he? Uh, his original origin, no matter what you look at, is a World War II soldier who quickly becomes a sergeant because uh, he's he's built to be a soldier. He's a he's a great leader, a great intellect. You know, I think war comics were so popular, and it, it's it's a big difference from your tights wearing crusaders. But then he, I mean, ultimately, he gets popular and they just kind of roll him into the Marvel Universe, don't they? Yeah, I wonder how, uh, or if they're going to touch on it. So we don't really know, or maybe we, some of the experts who, you know, type everything down, figure it out. But Nick Fury, in both origins, has a bit of, like, I don't want to say super soldierish type medicine in his system. Well, the uh, uh, Infinity Serum. The Infinity Serum was in uh, his original origin. And then he had some form of super soldier serum in his um, ultimate origin, which is like our Nick Fury type. But obviously the MCU, again, would be another variant Nick Fury. Wouldn't actually be the ultimate one. So it's hard to say if they just kind of, since we're not going to see much past Well, we did see him with the uh, Car Carol Danvers. So, but I mean, maybe he's not as immortal as he is in the books. Well, the idea that the uh, that he was used as a guinea pig in much the same way that uh, Cap and Wolverine and and other super soldiers are—I mean, they're guinea pigs, all of them. He, 
he's kept from aging, right? Like, so he's, what, nearly a century old, but looks um, far younger in, in much the same way Logan does. Um, there was a plot line where apparently the Infinity Serum stops working or he stops having access to it and he, he rapidly ages, but we haven't, we haven't seen anything quite like that. Uh, Hollywood de-aging seems to be our modern uh, Infinity Serum because they were able to do that for Captain Marvel really nicely. Although he looked kind of chubby. He had a, he had a plump... Plump fury. We're just trying to show that not everybody can be as physically fit as Mr. Chris Evans. <laughs> uh, Nick Fury, uh, in our in the way we see him in the MCU now, uh, recently, I don't know if you've had a chance to check out the Secret Evasions. I just watched the uh, the promos and uh, some of the catch-up stuff. Uh, it's... I think that that's one of the more interesting parts of Nick Fury is that it's a more grounded and gritty kind of Marvel comic thing with kind of the realism of war, uh, kind of the CIA espionage uh, aspect. He discovers that yeah that, that there are secret alien infiltrators, and you know his his longevity and his ability to kind of see everything from all angles gives him kind of a lone perspective on the fact that we're we're being infiltrated. Uh, by by aliens, um, and that's I guess that's the the crux of it is that the scroll are, are are here to take over here to here to kill Fury here to have a birthday party. What are you up to? Well, see, it's a it's quite an interesting scenario, right? Because in the Captain Marvel movie, they've met and they've reached an agreement with the scroll, which was Nick Fury is supposed to help them find a new planet. For them to kind of, you know, restart their life. Uh, they had their eyes on Earth. Well, they didn't. They didn't. Didn't because there's a council of Skrull. Tallow was their leader, and the Tallow gets kind of, you know, Nick Fury disappeared at the blip for five years, and so Tallow kind of gets dethroned, and then the work start going in for the, them deciding that you know what, Earth is good. We like Earth, and I don't think it'd be so bad if we were possibly a more understanding race capable of coexisting but I think the idea that they can look like anyone, be anyone is just too great a threat for us to allow them to be full residents of Earth Oh I see, like we're bad at sharing and we're paranoid Yeah, mix that with uh, you know, any male leader of the world with access to a big red button and you got a full scale war on your hands but I, I actually don't think Nick Fury is currently in action because in the second, uh, is it Far From Home? or Sp It's a Spider-Man one with the Mysterio. Oh, yes. There's a scene. Oh, no, that's actually, that's the cutscene from that movie. Back to Carol Danvers and Captain Marvel. Mr. Nick Fury says that he would not eat a sandwich cut diagonally. Oh, really? He said, "I will." He's like, "I will not do it." And it jumps ahead, and it shows that um, during Age of Ultron, and he's talking to the Avengers. He cuts a sandwich diagonally and starts eating it. Oh, so, so it's, there's it's, a theory that he's been scrawled the whole time. Now, there, when he's been on the spaceship, he had Talon impersonate him to kind of keep a double, double appearance. But I don't think Tallow knows that the Nick Fury he's working with has actually been a scroll the whole time. 
and they have Nick Fury already. They just need him being two steps behind on purpose. Now with the blip and Nick Fury disappearing, they just think he's been defeated. But I think they're just putting their scrawl um, tactics ahead. Because without Nick Fury, like Earth has no defenses. Iron Man's gone. Tony's gone. All the other Avengers that are around are not thinking about um, alien threats of any kind. Not really. They just fight the bad guy when the bad guy's on the doorstep. The bad guy's in your closet. Well, and that you you point out the the importance of Nick Fury in the Marvel universe is he's a watcher. He's he's one who you know, like who watches the Watchmen, as they say. He's he's typically the one who is monitoring the situation and bringing together uh, the forces that need to to act depending on the context of the problem and so he's he's really the only one and now if he's scrolled uh then the real nick fury goes underground is that what happens you know like he's had to do that several times in in you know the comic books where uh there's not just a secret invasion but there has to be a secret war a secret a set of secret warriors to fight that uh contingent because you can't when everyone's a mole and everyone's possibly like a a double agent you too have to become completely cloaked in secrecy right it's one of those uh the only way to fight the mystery is to become a mystery yourself right like he, he becomes eventually he becomes the unseen but that's that's way into the future um, I'm trying to figure out the like the way the MCU is kind of going with Nick Fury and with everything. It's like how how on earth like there's all that the variant stuff going on right now, like with Kang, and then you got uh, obviously we got Loki season two coming, and they also have um, you know all that behind the scenes intertwining uh, variants. So how is that going to? affect like the secret war that's going on the scroll like this secret invasion because there's a secret war movie that will eventually come out but like how are we supposed to we will never know if any of the heroes we are seeing are variants <laughs> scroll or actually the heroes at hand that's like i'm wondering if cap or iron man or, like i wonder if we're gonna see some variants popping up like some tony and, and robert downey showing up well, it's interesting you mentioned Kang. I finally finished the Ant-Man Quantum Mania Maniacal Universe film, uh, and I really quite enjoyed it. I felt that it started pretty slow. I fell off twice trying to watch that thing. Uh, but with the Council of Kangs and the Skrulls, you're right, Like it gets tough to keep track of stuff. But if you Have you watched Battlestar Galactica, the modern reboot? Same kind of deal. Every Cylons can look like people, so people could be Cylons. So, like, how do you how do you keep how do you keep track of it? Who do you who do you trust? How do you know what's going on? They did a pretty good job there. I think I think Figi and company are probably they have this laid out in a pretty tidy way. I think I think it's been something they've been slowly building toward. You talk about the diagonal sandwich. Um, you t you talk about like nobody calls me Nicholas, and then like. Somebody calls Fury Nicholas, and he realizes, well, they must be a scroll, right? They didn't call me simply Fury. So I think there's going to be... Trail of Breadcrumbs, we're actually going to 
be able to more readily discover once they reveal more of this. You know, like there have been subtle hints that I think we've missed all the way up. Uh, well, there's, um, I agree. There, one thing I'm curious to see is that I don't want to spoil anything too much about the one episode we have, but there is a character from, and you guys will know who I'm talking about if you've seen the first episode out, uh, that gets revealed off the bat as Skrull. And you're just like, so was that guy a Skrull? in the last movie he was in? Right, or is he just a scroll today? Yeah, like, when did he get scrollified? <laughs> well, even, uh... Uh, what's her name? Uh, Miss Invisible from the Fantastic Four is revealed as a scroll. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, like, they have... Like, they have a long history of scrolling characters you've trusted for years. So, I don't know. It's It'll be interesting to see where we end up. Can you imagine? Uh, hear me out. This would be the I, most people might would hate it, but I think I would. It'd be my favorite thing they ever did in a movie ever. Uh, so obviously, end to end game, Cap gives the shield to um, Wilson, and he gets in his little whatever, transports back in time, drops every, everything backwards supposed to go, and then he stays there and lives his life with Peggy. Okay, alternate timeline, right? The timeline of happiness. Let's give you. What I think would be amazing. So in the, in, in, uh, the Avengers Assemble uh, animated TV show, which I'm not sure if that has any correlation with some of the comic uh, origins of the same kind of story with the Skrull, Captain America is taken quite early and replaced. And he's the only human being they cannot break. And then he does eventually fr get free and like try and turn things over from within the Skrull. Does the Skrull like to stay in character uh, all the time? even when they're not on mission, just because you never know who's watching. And it'd be interesting to see if what actually happened was Cap got switched, like a captured, before Endgame ended. And then they needed Cap out of the picture altogether, so they didn't think they had to find him. So they turn him, they go return everything like they planned, and then when they come back, they just, he's old now. And then they let him die, so then they don't look for him. Because imagine, just imagine that everyone's beaten down, all hope is lost. Nick Fury's lost his edge. There's no Tony. Uh, the new Winter Soldier, uh, the you know Falcon and uh, yeah, the Winter Soldier are trying their best to pick up the pieces, and they think they're just rescuing some people from the Skrull. And then out of the dust settles, you see a bearded up Cap, you know, who looks like he's been through hell, and he's like, "Okay, Avengers, we're suiting up." Like, I guess it'd be, it's, movies haven't captured, which some people, like, heroes always bounce back, but not in real life. When real life actors are playing them, they get older. They don't want to do other things. But, like, true comic essence is, like, the characters never stay dead. They always come back for some reason, or someone picks up the mantle. But unless, unless they have a truly, like, Captain America had a fan-serviced ending, but it wasn't fitting ending of a soldier. Soldier doesn't get the happy ending. He's supposed to... He's supposed to die in battle. He's not supposed to get the lady. You don't go to Valhalla if you die in bed with a lady. You gotta be fighting. And I just don't think Cap could safely stay and be happy with Peggy, knowing that he has the power to every day change the world and keep it a safer and happier place. Like... 
as he said, the safest hands are our own. And he said that when, you know, deciding he didn't want to sign uh, the Sokovia, uh, you know, contract to, like, give up your rights as Avengers. So, like, you really think he's going to be like, you know what? We beat Thanos again. <laughs> I'm going to retire. Well, yeah, like, he seems to subscribe to the same idea of with great power comes great responsibility. And you can't turn your back on that. I think the timing for Nick Fury is is precisely good. We all have a little bit of superhero overload. We're all a bit fatigued to the, the cape and tights guys. Here comes Nick, who's always been there and always been kind of pulling everything together. But he's human, right? Like his, his superpower really is that he's so relatable. He represents us. Any, any one of us could be a Nick Fury. Sure, maybe there's an infinity serum kind of uh, in the background that kind of allows him to be a constant watcher but he's I feel like he he allows us to enter the MCU as, as a as a human and an, like a regular I mean he he's badass but he's as regular a dude as anybody so I think the fact that they're bringing him in now uh, to kind of push uh, the plot to the next step and the next threat being the scroll and and infiltration of the human race I, I feel like it's you know we've seen enough uh, like infinity war was fine right but i mean the stakes were really high and it was really flashy and it was all superheroes now it's time for something that's more slow burn that's more espionage based more war based i i feel like if you got fatigued from watching thor and hulk fight in an arena it's you know nick fury's for you it's if you watch the agents of shield television program it also had kind of that feel I mean, up up until a point, up until it, it really got very fantastical with, you know, more science fiction elements, right? Um, I think that's actually a great point that you bring up with uh, the Agents of Shields, because I was just thinking, who better to step out of the shadows and call the Scroll Fury out than everyone's favorite secret agent, Agent Phil Coulson, the alleged dead agent that only be resurrected in his own spin-off show of the agents of shield you know what i mean he's been away from it so long yeah but him maria hill and nick fury are like like the trio like they they know if anyone would know it would be phil colson i need a i need a dose of colson right now i saw him in one of the trailers and i'm like oh man like he's just he's so he's like old reliable colson <laughs> yeah you, you know when things are bad you're like Call Coulson. Coulson's got you. And I and I don't... I mean, they. I can't entirely see them bringing Coulson in. Uh, but I would absolutely... Like, I think everyone would be so... Like, their hearts would warm at the sight. Phil Coulson coming out of the, coming out of the works just to, you know, either pull the Avengers back. Because maybe he's the one who's, you know... Because the Secret Wars is like all these little secret teams and all these little things. Like, we don't know who... What group of heroes or vigilante or agents are going to be the ones that start fighting this battle like because the idea with the secret wars or secret invasion with fury and maria hill like these people know how to be quiet they need to keep it hush hush like you can't bring you couldn't bring an iron man into this he goes too big like he like it wouldn't it wouldn't stay secret hulk's way too destructively like he they draw attention like Thor's out of the question altogether. He's a freaking god. Like you, thunderstorm rolls up and everyone knows where the party's happening. Like you need 
like it'd be crazy if they brought in uh like the punisher on a call or they you know bring in daredevil because daredevil is very secretive um like but it like did we need like these shadow heroes and i'm curious if we're gonna see any of those like carol danvers is gonna show up because she has direct links with the scrawl right and we have the marvel's film yeah that, that's coming so it's like that's to be expected but it would be nice to see some heroes that haven't yet like moon knight um he's a bit of loose cannon so i probably they probably wouldn't bring him but i just mean like for example like just characters that don't get the screen time that they should get well you remind me that one of the, the most unique and interesting things that they did early on in the mcu was to intertwine the television properties with the films and have Infinity War events and happenings impacting the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. television program. That was really interesting stuff at the time. Is that something we're going to see again, right? Yeah, it's true, because like, when Captain America 2 happened, and it was revealed that Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. were the same, uh, that tipped off, I think that was like the start of the season, or mid-season finale for uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where they had to reevaluate their own team, going, who's, who's S.H.I.E.L.D. and who's Hydra? And I think, uh, on the same note, to have Fury potentially be a scrawl, right? Like, you talk about Coulson being someone that you, you know, you, he warms your heart, you feel saved, you know, you're like, oh, thank, Fury is like, he's he's so capable, and he's he is such presence, you know, like, his strength of character, and his unwavering kind of I- ideals... All, like you feel like just the second he steps on screen, the day is saved. Well, now if he's if he's been uh, a double agent or an imposter or or compromised in some way, it, it really gives you the like gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, all is lost feel, and like somebody has to step in. You know, friggin' Hawkeye's like falling apart at the seams. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Miss uh, Romanoff uh, is no longer with us in the MCU. So, like, they're kind of down on their spies right now. Like, S.W.O.R.D. is supposed to be, I think, the replacement of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Um, but they haven't positioned that yet. No, I think that's what's going to come, like, near the end. Near the end of this um, show. But one thing I don't, that I don't know if people really thought about much. So... Like, again, because you haven't yet seen the show, but they show Nick Fury up in, they call him, hey, Nick, you got to come back to Earth. And he goes, okay. And he looks like he's in Tahiti. Oh, but he's somewhere completely different. Yeah, he steps up and walks away from the table. And then he goes, everyone back to work. And the entire ship he's working on in space is full to the brinks of scroll. <laughs> so it's like, um... Are those the good scrolls? Are those the bad scrolls? You know what I mean? Like, so it it it, it has you asking more questions than it answers. Well, because you never know yeah. who's playing double sided, and the Dragon Queen herself, Daenerys, is in uh, the Secret Invasions, playing Talos' daughter. Um, and the villain of choice seems quite exceptional. He's like a young youth um, that um basically decided that enough's enough this old man keeps saying we're gonna find a place and we don't so I'm taking a place so he's rallying the, rallying the troops um, with his passion drive and need for a place in the world and putting his people first now with the original Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series it was a long form series and 
like I mentioned earlier, it, it kind of it had ties with the MCU and the happenings that were in real time in the films. This this new Fury uh, Secret Invasion. My question is: Is it built as some of the other recent Disney Marvel properties? Like uh, you know, Ms. Marvel was a short run TV show just to position her for cinematic events, right? Almost the opposite of how the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show worked, where it was a standalone thing that was simply impacted by the films. Lately, they've been doing, like, She-Hulk, real short form. Uh, Fury, I assume, is going to be another, like, Moon Knight short form TV show. Uh, and it's going to lead to cinematic events. Do you think, what do you, what do you think it's setting up? Like, will, will we have a major motion picture that is, like, a scroll war? Well, it's kind of tough to see right now because uh, we got the Secret Wars building and we have Kang building at the same time, which is kind of interesting that they chose to do those at, like, surprisingly the same time. Um, just because Kang, like, he's going to take a lot of attention which is might be why they showed some of these lower level guys because it might be that you know how how I said before uh, the Punisher and Daredevil and Moon Knight these guys cannot fight Kang they don't have the powers like they're just they're just not that guy they're not doing it maybe that's that's how they're gonna do the double hit they're gonna do the build the main Avenger guys gonna go do their little tango with Kang uh, and obviously they're gonna have all the the different variants showing up and once that's defeated like i think that's going to be one timeline i think that's what they're going to do when it's done it's not going to be multiple variants it's going to be uh, the the watcher or whoever is going to be controlling everything again and that one timeline is going to have bits and pieces of the new people that come come out of the woodwork so i think we're going to end up having um you know uh, these lower level street heroes fighting our secret war because you know fury or whoever's leading is going to be like hey just can't get out to to the Avengers like they cannot be distracted right now right there's a bigger th this is we're fighting for the planet they're fighting for existence right all, all the multiverse yeah all hands on deck right now so I think they're trying to because they got to know that with that there's gonna be have to be a longer time where there's no superhero films like you know what I mean like everything has its cycle every like same in, in business you know you have your you start you're you're doing all right then you're doing amazing and then you, you cycle out and you die like we had our westerns and you know our you know our super sci-fi movies and all that kind of stuff i think eventually this hero trend once it's burnt out i think that's why they're doing a double whammy i think it's like not to stop it because they're going to keep pumping them out but i think they're going to do le one last big hoorah and try and really um give the fans a satisfying ending and then hopefully move on to a the next era of film it'd be it would be interesting if they kind of separated the more human earthly timeline of kind of Fury versus Skrull into TV series and did all the cinematic stuff as you know Avengers versus Kang I don't I don't see them doing that because there's so much so much interplay but I do I do agree that it, it seems it seems like they're heading to a big finale do they intersect like does is is there a way that one influences the other does it matter do they keep them separate I don't know I just, uh, it does seem like a lot to have Kang and 
a secret invasion of the scroll happening at the same time. And you're right. It's sensible that Fury would be like, you know what, we need to low-key save the world because there's a much bigger fish to fry in in kind of the superverse. Weird stuff. Well, they can also, um, especially once this is like, you know, reset or done or whatever the heck they're going to do, they've shown that Disney is capable of dropping high-quality TV shows that seem to show... I don't know if the budgets are similar, and like, and that's how they're able to afford similar quality with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, that looked like they just broke up a Marvel film. Same with Miss Marvel. Like, it didn't seem like... It almost seemed like movie quality done in TV show format. So, once this is over, maybe they're just going to keep doing, like, one-off TV shows uh, so you can still get, like, you know, an eight-book comic book run equivalent in a TV and give the and then focus on other things because you know Disney started with a mouse now they got Jedi's and superheroes (laughs) like you know what I mean like there's gonna be that next big thing but I I'm I'm just curious to see where they're gonna go because like you know this wishing well is gonna eventually stop making wishes Uh, and Nick Fury I think will be a big he'll play a big part in the way this ends off whether it's to actually be fantastic truth be told if they ended up like factory resetting and by that I mean just like everybody like heroes were just gone like can you imagine they all walk off into uh, the variants basically and then one person stays behind to watch everything and make sure that there's no more big catastrophes because like you said Nick Fury eventually becomes like a watcher so they like I don't know maybe they'll tie things off in a pretty little bow maybe they'll end a lot they're probably going to leave it open in case for future projects but it'd be nice to I don't know it'd be nice to put this not to rest but just at least give it a break it's amazing how many characters and franchises that they still have to draw on and how many surprises I think they're going to hit us with this hit how many surprises they're going to hit us with uh i mean this is completely unrelated but just seeing modok on screen like was just kind of a a moment of for for real fans it's a thrill and for people who just remember darren from the other movies spoiler alert it's great to kind of see him be the ultimate dick so no matter what they do i just i i hope that they continue to kind of bring the little surprises because that's what keeps it interesting for me it's all just like it's just a big war right it always is there's always a bad there's always a fight there's always a resolution Uh, for me as a fan just keep keep giving me the fan service like i could watch a movie with samuel L. jackson in it no matter who he's playing but i love him as fury like he's perfect casting because he does have that like that tremendous stage presence um he he feels like the dark hero that the world needs Um, yeah i just uh will will they push him to his ultimate potential will he become a watcher will he become the unseen will they will they tap into that for for a cinematic universe i don't know when's galactus coming where's my galactus okay yeah, that's all I have to say. Let's not mess up the Fantastic Four for the third time. <laughs> in fact, they didn't even have like a fake Nick Fury in the Fantastic Four films. I can't remember what he was called, like Colonel Dude. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, like they couldn't even. Is that a rights issue? I don't know. Anyway, I think it's that time of the episode. Uh, let's uh, 
Oh, here. When it, let's who who we got? Let's give it for the fans once for all. Uh, you taking Nick Fury or you taking 007? Oh, you mean like a, as far as like a, a secret, who's, secret who's agent? Who's a better spy? Oh well, see, I think Nick Fury. He's only he's he's a sometimes spy, right? I feel like uh, it's hard to say. Like Nick Fury is he, he was originally kind of envisioned as a hard boiled. Uh, like field soldier who rises to the rank of sergeant because he he survives and and he's able to command loyalty and respect from basically a bunch of yahoos who've been thrown into war. Um, eventually, you know, he's kind of intertwined with the CIA and then Shield and then other kind of stuff. I feel like because he he's in a universe full of fantastical beings where you know someone like i mean bond bond has some great villains but man fury fury exists in a world that doesn't make any sense like there's aliens there's time travel and yet he just remains not unfazed but he's he it, it doesn't break him right most people go insane or they would just run away fury's just like I guess I gotta save this shit, right? Like, he just steps to the plate every time. Looks like it's Monday morning again. <laughs> like, he's unflappable. Uh, even in the moments where he's like, you know what? Something bad is happening. He's still... Like... Other people go, woe is me. Or what about my family? Fury's just like, guess I gotta save the world. Like, I just, I love, I love that he is... He's a re he's like... And he's not a hero for any, like, he's not saving the world for his own, you know, like, he doesn't want fame or fortune. He's just like, I'm the only person who can do this, right? Because I'm the only person paying attention. Damn, that's a, some valid points, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I would have to, I mean, in terms of raw sex appeal, we've never seen young Nicholas Fury in the field as a as a young operative spy. We've only seen him um, after he's been crusted over oh. and, uh, you know, distraught you, with the loss of his eyeball from a cat. Are, are you intimating that it's a young Nick Fury, the Nick Fury Jr. that was fathered by Nick? Do you want to see, like, the erotic episode of him fathering the next, the next generation of Fury. No, what I'm saying is in his CIA years, we never got to see him be the smooth, non-criminal uh, that he is. Oh, do you you want to see like an agent? Carter? I want to see an agent. I want to see him in like because apparently he was able to not only infiltrate but also like do that leadership thing within organizations. Like he could get in there, turn people, and then have him like walk away. Uh, saving lives and lo losing less people. Well, he's very persuasive, right? So, do they do a secret agent man series with him? Right. Where they, where they, where they take him back to, like his uh, microfilm roots? It would be fun. Sadly, like we talk about Agent Carter, it was a great show, but it didn't fly. Like, w would Fury fly? Like. Only if Nick Fury's playing Fury. <laughs> it's true. It might all be in the casting. All right, I guess that's that's it for our first day back in the office. We're completely bewildered. We're bewildered. Uh, I guess we must record another episode, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank everyone for watching. 
Uh, we love doing the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure just chit-chatting away as uh, two goofballs in the studio would. Yeah, we'll see how the audio turns out. This is brand new. That's right. It's also a new makeshift setup. So, <laughs> Anyway, you can follow me on Instagram at crispycomics. That's K-R-I-S dot B-comics. Same thing for my Facebook page. And you can follow along in the comics I make there, which don't have any Nick Furies in it. What about yet. the... Oh, sorry. Oh. Uh, yes. What about uh, Crispy in the real world? Uh, you just got back from a con, didn't you? That's right. I just got back from East Coast Comic Con in Moncton, where I got to experience some amazing people and see some awesome cosplays, such as uh, Jake Eric, uh, the Crimson Comet Flash, and also the Outlaws version of Red Arrow, or he's got that backwards hat action where he looks like a homeless superhero. But with the bow and arrow. So that was a Moncton location, which was a uh, also a fantastic experience because it was a huge venue. Um, you know, selling books and taking names and that old fun shenanigans. What's next? What What's the next con? Where Where are you heading next? Well, we're just waiting to hear back. I haven't got no confirmed yet, but I'm feeling pretty good about the uh cape breton comic-con should be the next convention and i think it's the last one for me this year but we got some other small projects in the works yeah cape breton was fun last time that's right uh, painted orange sofa shout out if you know you know <laughs> <laughs>